Welcome to the podcast of the Unitarian Universalist Area Church at First Parish in Sherborne. No matter who you are, who you love, we welcome you into our community of religious seekers. Please join us for our Sunday worship services at 10.30 a.m. each week. More information can be found on our website at www.uuac.org or visit our Facebook page at Sherborne Unitarian Universalist. Please enjoy the sermon. Today's reading is called Spell for Grief or Letting Go by Adrian Murray Brown. Adequate tears twisting up directly from the heart and wrung out across the vocal cords until only a gasp remains. At least an hour a day spent staring at the truth in numb silence. A teacup of whiskey held with both hands, held still under the whispers of permission from friends who can see right through, okay, and fine. An absence of theory, flight as necessary. Poetry, your own and others, on precipice, abandonment, nature, and death. Courage to say what has happened, however strangling the words are, and space to say not a word. A brief dance with sugar to honor the legacies of coping that got you this far. Sentences spoken with total pragmatism that provide clear guidance of some direction to move in full of the tender care and balance of choice and not having to choose. Screaming why and or expressing fury at the stupid, unfair, freaking game of it all. This may include hours and hours, even lifetimes of lost faith. Laughter, undeniable and unpretended. A walk in the world, all that gravity with breath and heartbeat in your ears. Fire for all that can be written. Moonlight, the more full, the more nourishing. Stories, ideally of coincidence and heartache and the sweetest tiny moments. Time, more time and then more time. Enough time to remember every moment you had with that one now taken from you and to forget to think of it every moment. And just a glimpse of tomorrow, either in the face of an innocent or the realization of a dream. This is a non-linear spell. Cast it inside your heart. Cast it between yourself and any devil. Cast it into the parts of you still living. Remember, you are water. Of course you leave salt trails. Of course you are crying. Flow. The thing about chasing a deaf dog down the sidewalk is that no matter how many times you yell his name, he will not hear you. This realization dawned on me as I was dog sitting for my mother's 14-year-old dog last fall, and I let go of his leash to gather myself, and knowing this dog quite well in his younger days, trusted him to stay on the porch. But he, now senile and completely deaf, trotted down the stairs and started to take himself on a walk. And I, panicked, 
took off after him, my shoes untied, stumbled down our concrete stairs, threw out my hand to break my fall, and shaved an entire layer of skin off of my left palm. Ouch. I spent the rest of the day with a bandaged hand, cursing at myself for my poor motor planning and my lack of foresight as I struggled to wash dishes and type on the computer and basically use my left hand at all. And I thought about how many days it would be until I could go about my life normally again. This didn't need to have happened. I kept scolding myself again and again, and yet it had happened. I am so susceptible to the this didn't need to have happened feeling along with its cousin, the what can I do to make this unhappen phenomena? Anger, denial. But the thing about the linear nature in which we experience time is that we can't make things from the past unhappen. I have been thinking about this a lot this year as we turn a corner into the new year. And I see so many of us mark it as a turning point in our own lives and in the world. I've noticed this, self, this in myself too, the hopes that 2021 will be better, the relief that 2020 is behind us, the plans for a much, much better year. But here we are still in a sustained and collective crisis. Neither 2021, nor the vaccine, nor the inauguration are going to erase this crisis. The vaccine and more competent national leadership may ease some of the worst effects over time, for sure. But I fear that we will be feeling the profound and difficult effects of this past year for many, many years to come. And so as we enter a new year, I find myself feeling this year more than ever that we are not starting over. How can we when so much has been taken from us? How, much, how can we when so much has been done that cannot be undone? We can't just make difficult experiences disappear. We can't make 2020 disappear. We can't make our own personal suffering disappear. We can't bring back the people we've lost, the relationships, the jobs, the time. All we can do is reconcile with the fact that our worlds, that we, are irrevocably changed, that there is no going back, and that reconciling can be incredibly painful, incredibly painful and awful part of the grieving process, but it can also be liberating. Author and activist Adrienne Marie Brown, who we heard in our reading says, matter doesn't disappear, it transforms. Energy is the same way. The earth is layer upon layer of all that has existed, remembered by the dirt. And I think so too are our lives, each of us formed and shaped by what has happened in the past, layer upon layer, each of us only able to start from where we are today, now, each of us with what we have been given, each of us tasked with the meaning-making, of the harder experiences in our lives, reconciling with what cannot be changed. 24 hours after I skinned my hand, I was in my weekly pottery class. This was in the before times. 
And it quickly dawned on me that sticking an open wound, even covered, into a lump of wet, sandy clay and opaque, clay-filled, muddy water was not the wisest idea. And that even covering my hand with a glove would require me to put pressure on my raw and tender wound. And I looked around the pottery studio in dismay, utterly lost with what to do with the next three hours. My teacher asked me what I planned to do and I just held up my bandaged hand pathetically. I don't think I can do much today, I said sadly. He shook his head. Why don't you try working in the glaze room instead of the clay room, he said. I typically spent very little time in the glaze room, preferring to practice my skills with throwing wet clay on the wheel and only passing through the glaze room as a required brief stop on the way to a finished product. But for the next three hours, he coached me on various techniques for carving and painting a beautiful pattern into an otherwise thoroughly mediocre and boring bowl that I had made the week before. Beauty and growth born of pain. Pain in life is inevitable. There is little pain, like a cut hand that heals after a few days, arguments with loved ones, stressful transitions, friends moving away, the kind of pain that mends with a little time and reassurance and care. And then there is the big pain, devastating divorces, deaths, traumas, betrayals and abuse, unrecoverable major losses, those things that divide a life into the before and the after. Pain that takes months, years, even decades to heal from, to make sense of, to untangle all of the ways that it has woven itself into our lives. Pain that needs space and time, therapy and supportive friends, rituals for letting go and cups of tea and tears and more time. Pain that becomes a central part of our life story. Pain in life is inevitable. Growth is optional. Because sometimes our only choices are between suffering and growth and suffering and no growth. Which is not to say that I wish pain, particularly traumatic pain on anyone. I do not. I don't believe that pain happens for a reason, nor do I believe that it is given to us by some divine metric, nor do I believe that it somehow redeems us. Pain is just a part of life. And this year that, I, that has just ended, I believe this has been especially true. I know that in hard times, people sometimes say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And this year, I would like to banish that phrase from our lexicon and replace it with, what doesn't kill you doesn't kill you. What doesn't kill you doesn't kill you. And sometimes, if we are lucky, if we have the resources to cope well, if the conditions are right, if we have people around us to support us, sometimes then we get stronger. We rarely get a choice in the pain we experience, but we do get a choice in the afterward, in the healing, in the meaning making. Sometimes the only choices when it comes to pain are between becoming resentful and bitter, stuck and angry, transferring our pain to others, or becoming more compassionate, 
kinder, more loving human beings. My friends, we have been through a tough, tough year, a year I would not wish upon anyone. And I do not know what particular pains this year has brought for you, but I am sure that 2020 has dealt you losses, large and small, some named and some yet to be discovered. If we cannot take away the losses of the last year, if we cannot honestly start a new year with a clean slate, we can still ask, where do I go from here? Where does my pain call me to be more compassionate to myself and to others? What does my pain tell me about what is most important to me? What relationships can I rely on to help me through my pain? How can I tend to my own resilience to move through this pain? My friends, my prayer for you this year is that you know that you yourself are loved. My prayer is that you give yourself the gift of time and space and gentleness. I pray that you know when it is time to stop and attend to your pain and when it is time to move forward. I pray that you are able to name when it is all too much and ask for help. I pray that you remember that pain is simply a part of life and not punishment for a way of living. My prayer for you is not that you are free from pain because that would be to deny the reality of the pain that is. My prayer is instead that our pain alone and together can be transformed into more kindness, more compassion, more justice, and more love. May it be so, and amen.